Tawny Davis here, and as the co-host of the TB21 podcast, I'm excited to announce that you can now find every episode of the show on SoundCloud and Anchor, and soon you'll be able to find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Plus, if audio just doesn't do it for you, we also post a video version on our YouTube page. Just search the TB21 podcast, sit back, and relax. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the TB21 podcast otherwise known as the new hottest spot on the sports media landscape. It's been described as a happy place where football fans from all corners of the known universe come together to have calm and cordial conversations about America's game. What? What are you talking about? Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna get it This isn't your granddad's football show. We bring it each and every week, meaning you know you're gonna get a ton of this. Gets out of trouble, throws it deep downfield. Combined with some of this. Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Ah, he got it! Smith! Touchdown! 85 yards! Sprinkle with a little bit of that. First on that, this. That, that, I, that, that, that is blasphemous. All season long. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Oh, snap! And now, oh, snap! Oh, snap! Introducing your hosts, oh, Tony Davis and oh, Brendan Hodges. Welcome back to the TB21 podcast, episode one. Yes, it is odd. Our second episode is episode number one, but uh, we want to introduce ourselves first, do some fun stuff. If you missed last episode, uh, go back, watch it, or listen to it, however you get your podcast, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or watching our lovely, lovely video version on YouTube that Tawny Davis absolutely despises. I... For- I don't try with these. I don't know why you're like, let's make, let's put a video up. I'm like, why? You know, it, it's because I was actually talking to my boss on my job with the NFL mm-hmm. about this. And she was like, you know, podcasts are so expansive now. Like you don't just have to do sound with them. That is how you keep up in the world of multimedia. Yeah, I know. Like I get it. But at the same time, I'm like. For the sake, you're not the one editing these. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is episode one. I'm Brendan Hodges. Tawny Davis is in El Paso, Texas. Again, utilizing her brother's room uh, that is very well decorated, by the way. Um, shout out Tawny's brother, whatever. Uh, his, his name is what? Like uh, Theo, Thaddeus. right? Theodore? Thaddeus. <laughs> that was close. Sure. Uh, um, he's going to hear this and be like, excuse me? Shout out Thad Davis, not to be confused with former NFL quarterback Thad Lewis. Um, journeyman, he was. Uh, last episode, if you didn't see it, like I said, go and uh, catch yourself up on it. We uh, gave our predictions for the major awards, coach of the year, MVP, etc. Mm-hmm. We also gave our predictions for how teams are going to fare this season. Our, and I gave my playoff predictions and Super Bowl predictions because Tawny didn't come prepared. But... No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, she she is prepared today. At least somewhat. We both took naps today, so we're feeling. I literally woke up. It, it is five fifteen. I woke up exactly fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a great to have you in. Um, you'll learn pretty quickly that while I am your humble host, she is your favorite host. As she yawns and covers her mouth mm-hmm. for our uh, audio audience. I don't need someone to like edit something i'm gonna cover my mouth like i'm a good person 
Get Sorry. your together, Davis. I'm trying. I'll wake up. I'll wake up. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and get started here. We're doing game picks for week one this afternoon because week one starts, uh, well, at this point in time tomorrow at the point where this is getting released in a couple hours. We're very excited for it. Week one is back. Football is back. The starters are actually playing. Minus Zach Martin, obviously, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll also do our fantasy draft, our two-team fantasy league, where we pick players. We can, we're just going to tally up the points throughout the year. We can switch if we want to. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. First, though, we'll get to a couple of stories that have piqued both of our interests. This is the kickoff. And oh, yes, nice little sound there. Um, we'll start with what J.C. Treader had to say. Uh, for those of you who aren't like into the intricacies of the NFL, uh, there is a players union. Um, it's not just the commissioner's office and then all the players, their own like, like entity, their own individual person slash whatever. But the players union is a thing. They negotiate collective bargaining stuff with the owners, with the league office, all that lovely logistical stuff that we don't like to cover, but we have to because it, it brings up the taunting penalty, which we found out today the players union didn't want, even though the owners and competition committee said they did want. Um, we're not talking about that, though. Um, we're talking about... This sounds like how UT basically is like, now I can do horns down because it's offensive. I'm like, to who? Besides y'all, literally to who? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's you could literally say that about anything. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, you can I'm say that about to. literally <laughs> anything with um, like Baker Mayfield planting the flag at midfield when they beat Ohio State. That like anything is disrespectful. But that's like, like a thing, though. I like, know. That's what I that people have been get doing over that, it. Like, fans against it's, exactly. UT needs to get over it. They're like, we're like, it's offensive. Like, no, it's not. Like, they've been doing this ever since they realized, like, oh, this means negative. Like, let's do this to taunt them. Then all of a sudden, like, people are just really like hopping on this like horns down thing. And the argument that they bring forward, which is like, oh, you're teaching bad things to the younger generation of football players and you're going to ruin the sport. I'm sorry. Like, I was at a Division three college football game like last weekend, my alma mater. And I mentioned this in episode zero. I didn't mention the fact that the referees did not let players celebrate worth a damn because they threw two sideline warning flags and a kickoff return touchdown that ended up being the difference in the game for my alma mater to go one now. They got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the sideline for being excited and celebrating. Get over yourself. Like excitement, celebration, like Telling a guy that you are better than him is part of this game, it's especially a game, game that's so physical. Uh, I don't know if you watch this. NFL Network was playing the Colts' first preseason game. And I think the guy's name was like Benny Taylor or something. Fourth string running back. Don't even know if he made the Colts roster. Carried like in a half a defense for 10 yards, got in their face and got a flag thrown on. It's like he literally just carried the entire team. I think he has a, he has a right to tell them. I just carried you for 10 yards. Um, I, you are weak. I am a small man and I carried you 10 yards. Deal with it. No, and it's like uh, in college too, these 
kids are literally kids are most of the time 18 19 years old they want to have fun like they're at a big university for the most part or even then they're in a they're playing football they're having fun and you're telling them that they can't like taunt the other team especially to ut is just so sensitive like mm -mm, i hate ut with a burning passion i hate ut athletics this college that's not part like you gotta respect the athletic and not the academics over there Bottom line, NFL, you had no fun league as your, like, just, like, ridiculous title once. Let's not go back to that, okay? Let, let celebrations happen. Taunting is okay to a certain degree. Like, don't have guys, like, punching each other in the face and, oh, like, yeah, no. grabbing their crotch or, like. Like, there's like, there's a line. There's and a so line, far, yeah. they, Like, players haven't crossed a line even now. Like, do you expect them? I don't know. It's it's so dumb. Like, let the kids have like, fun. Do you guys realize how much trash talk, like, how much people talk, like, on the field? I'm an Eagles fan. And, like, literally every mic'd up, Brandon Graham is saying something to somebody else on the other team. And it's hilarious. Uh-huh. Like, that happens everywhere. So, stop being soft and just let it happen, please. This is... Yeah. Anyway, not even a topic uh, we really wanted to like talk about today, but necessary though. But uh, this is a different topic with the NFLPA. Yes, they didn't want the taunting penalty. What they do want though is daily COVID testing, um, because according to NFLPA president and Browns offensive lineman J.C. Treader, Ivy League educated by the way, very smart dude. Um, transmission is still there um, in regards to the facility, whether it's vaccinated players unvaccinated players but more testing would mean a quicker pickup of guys hey saying hey you're positive rather than only testing once a week say it's on a thursday and having to miss two games if you're unvaccinated um if you are vaccinated obviously you can just get those back-to-back tests i believe um and get right back on the field but if you are unvaccinated you're required to sit out five days i believe and then get tested again so um the nfl uh, in terms of their player numbers, 93% vaccinated. That's great. Um, but there are a lot of teams that are 100% vaccinated. And then that number comes down a bit because there are teams who are nowhere near 100% vaccinated. Um, yeah. it uh, Daily COVID testing? Yeah, I would do it. Especially if, you uh, think yeah. really, if it's quick. Like, why not? Just get that thing it's, stuck up your nose and you're Even though right? there's somewhere you don't have to stick, like the ones we did at Syracuse, like... Let's be real. How accurate do you think those actually were? Well, here's the thing. Like they'll find one that's as accurate or something like that. But it's like what I was trying to say yesterday, if it wasn't clear, like they're in a situation where they're around almost thousands of people, hundreds of people every day. So they're in a situation where they should get tested every day. Okay. You don't want to get vaccinated, whatever. I think that's dumb, but like, can't force you go America, I guess. Um, (laughs) That's their argument, like land of the free. I mean, you are the one with the flag in the background. This is not my flag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they should get tested every day. It's not going to take any health wise out of them. They're just going to be like, okay, look there, that's it. And done, go get tested. And it's safer for everyone. Cause like whether, like, I'm pretty sure the guys who don't want to get vaccinated, like they do care about the health of their teammates. So I'm pretty sure that they would be on board with this. If they're not, then like, I don't know what's going on like through their brain. Keep in mind, by the way, that the NFLPA puts in place all of these, I guess, like pers- very persuasive measures um, to kind of ha- 
help teams along the way of, hey, if you have a player that's unvaccinated, just cut them. Like they put incentives in that agreement saying that we're like, hey, get your players vaccinated and they won't have to miss a lot of time. And I mean, Urban Meyer came out and just said it like, and I, he shouldn't have because now he's getting investigated by the NFLPA um, saying that vaccination status was a point of emphasis in their choosing whether to keep a guy or not. And it, the NFLPA should like, while it is their right to investigate him, brought it upon themselves by putting those incentives in the bargaining agreement to say, yeah, like if you have vaccinated players, they don't have to stay out as long if they get tested positive and then come back negative two days later, rather than unvaccinated players having to sit out the five days, wear masks everywhere, except on the practice field and just be like a mental burden, if not just a physical burden to a team of guys who are trying to win because their literal livelihoods depend on it, they might not be on the team two weeks later if for some reason they're knocked out due to COVID because a guy who's unvaccinated uh, got knocked out due to COVID as well. And like, if you are vaccinated, that doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. That's another thing I was talking about yesterday. It just like, like, like any vaccine, like you get the flu shot, you still might get the flu, but it won't be as bad. It's exactly like this, but there are people, there are players with families on the team and they're, they got to think about them. not saying that guys who have, haven't got the vaccine, don't have families, but they got to think about that. They got to think about every person they come across with in this situation. They don't have the freedom that like you and me have, where it's like, if we chose whether or not to get vaccinated, like no one really knows unless they're our friends, they're in a situation where if they don't, it is broadcasted to everyone everywhere. Even if they don't say it, you can logically you find out. Well, <laughs> it's very easy to see a player wearing a mask when he's not on the field with a helmet on walking into a facility versus a player who's not putting on a mask because they mm-hmm. don't have to because they are vaccinated. Well, they Moving could be wearing a mask too if they were vaccinated. They, I they did could, that when yeah. I was working. Yeah. So. In a lot of cases, though, guys are sweaty. They want to get showered before they put a mask on so they don't just waste it. Um, it you never know. In most cases, when I've heard reporters talking about it, you see guys who are wearing masks at practice. You see the guys who aren't. You put two and two together that the guys who are wearing masks probably aren't vaccinated, including one Cam Newton who was released by the Patriots. And so that was why. Right. Okay, because he nothing ever really came out saying like he wasn't vaccinated. It was just kind of like there was confusion with COVID protocols. Right. That that is that is what happened. But this consensus is that those couple of days that he missed because of the COVID protocol are what helped win Mac Jones, the starting quarterback job for the new England Patriots. Jones, of course, got to speak to the media yesterday um, around this time uh, for the first time after he was named the starter said he wasn't necessarily surprised that he won the starting job. And you could think that those five days he had the number one offense to himself played a role into that. You could also say it was just his entire preseason performance. He looked solid, didn't look overwhelmed. He looks like a pro-ready quarterback, and he'll have a chance to show that on Sunday when he plays the Dolphins in New England. And it'll be interesting to see how Bill Belichick works against a second-year quarterback and a Bill Belichick disciple works against a rookie quarterback. Um, What a division matchup, big way to start your season. Mac Jones seems ready for it, and I don't think any of us should be surprised that he's the starter. He played better than Cam did in the preseason. It's not that we're surprised, but it's like, okay, listen, you're a rookie. 
this is year one for you. Don't pull, what is it? Not a Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and think you are God's gift to earth in football. Look at him now. (laughs) So that just he made the Falcons roster with one game. Like he played two quarters of the roster. No, but look, he he said something along the lines of like, I should have been drafted higher because what he was drafted like 15 in his draft. He was drafted 10 and he said, I'm going to make the nine teams that passed on me regret the fact that they did so, which in hindsight, not a great thing to say. Mm -hmm. It would if he would have said, like, I wish I was drafted higher, but I'm going to work hard on the team I'm at. I would have been like, okay, that's fine. Like everyone wants to be drafted higher, but he like tried to make that snarky comment. It's like. What I will say about Rosen is he, he was dealt a pretty crappy hand too, though. You had a coach in Arizona, Steve Wilkes, who was then fired after one year because that organization has little to no patience. And it ended up being to where Cliff Kingsbury comes in. He likes Kyler Murray better. And they ship Rosen off to, I believe it was Miami at the time. And they were just like, nah, dude, like we don't want you either. And he's bounced around. They brought him in Atlanta did because they had an injury. Uh, in their quarterback room, AJ McCarron, serious injury out for the season. And he's probably forgot about that name. Yeah. He's probably the number two guy because the only other guy they have in the room is Felipe Franks. And he is a rookie. Like who was at Florida and then went to a subpar program in the sec in Arkansas. Would you rather have Felipe Franks and AJ McCarron as your backups or a guy who has a, a lot of potential to be really good in Josh Rosen, who maybe comes out a year later than he does before, drafted top three. But he came out the year he did, drafted top 10. He's bounced around the league. I think this is a great spot for him. Matt Ryan, he's getting up there in years. And you're not going to have to pay Rosen a lot if he is the next guy. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to. And you're not paying your skill guys a lot at the moment either. It's a great fit for him. And say Matt Ryan goes down, Josh Rosen, similar height, similar build, probably a better arm. The Falcons probably won't miss a beat, especially if he gets to learn the playbook as quickly as we think he can. No, yeah, I agree. Like play, like athletic wise, player wise, like great player, great guy. But when you say something like that and you do nothing to literally back it up, it's kind of like, wow, you really messed it up. So I'm, I'm now worried that this will come back to bite Mac Jones. I really don't think it will, but whenever players, especially rookies say stuff like that, I'm like, if Aaron Rodgers said something like that, I'd be like, yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady said something like that, I'd be like, that's Tom Brady. But the, at, these are at like the time though. If you're, you're saying like at the time, if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in the rookie year, what I'm not talking about now. No, that's <laughs> so what I'm saying. Rookies, I would say the same thing too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, every rookie, if they win the starting job should say, I'm not surprised I was drafted and Mac Jones drafted mid first round. He was drafted to be the heir apparent to whoever was there or to be the answer. Like Zach Wilson, we knew he was going to be the starter day one because the Jets said that. When you have guys named Mike White and James Morgan as your backup quarterbacks or the only quarterbacks you have in your room, you know your number two overall pick is going to be the starter. Even though Urban Meyer said that Trevor Lawrence had to compete to earn his job over Gardner Minshew, we knew he was going to start. Oh, yeah, no, we all knew There was no question. But at least he tried to like hide it and be like, okay, he's going to work for it. Yeah. And Mac I mean, Jones did too. I want to point that yeah. out. Mac Jones did. But like when you're like, I'm not surprised. I don't, that always puts me <laughs> off because I'm just like, why you got to be like that? But at the same time, yeah. you're pay- getting paid like almost hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, Bill Belichick hadn't started a rookie quarterback in forever. I think the last time he did 
was when Brady was suspended those four games after the plate game. Jacoby Brissett got a couple starts because Garoppolo mm-hmm. went down. So this is uncharted territory for him, really. The, the, the last time he did it was only for two games. Mac Jones is most likely going to start all 17, barring injury. Um, and the only other reason I could see a coach having a rookie or a second-year guy compete is in a new head coach scenario like with Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, saying Jalen Hurts has to earn his job, even though he backtracked on that and said he got all the reps with the ones, so I think we've had our starter name for a while. But I digress. Uh, last story here on the kickoff regarding captains. A lot of teams have already named them. We found out today that two AFC East quarterbacks, well, two rookie quarterbacks in the AFC, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, the number one and two overall picks respectively, named captains by their teams. Congratulations to them. That's great. What's interesting here, though, is who didn't get named a captain, that being Tua Tungavailoa with the Dolphins in his second year, after looking pretty impressive over the course of the preseason, I don't, I'm not sure if it says anything about his character because the Dolphins have a lot of really good players on their team as well who you would expect to be captains as well. Well, you could look at that one of two ways. You can look at it as he's not ready or they really are looking at like leadership ability or veteran ability. And they're just like two of your grade, but we're going to go with a veteran who's been with the team for a while. So it's nothing against him. Or you can look at it like just nah, they didn't want it at all. They didn't want to be the, like everyone else. It's like, oh, we're just going to give it to them because it's Tua Tungavailoa or it's Trevor Lawrence. Not that they don't deserve it, but I can, I can see if that was the route that Miami was going with. I don't, I don't disagree with it. If if they did put him as captain, I'd be happy for him, but I'm not exactly like upset at the fact that he's not captain, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it'll just end up being another point of discussion when it comes to the Dolphins inquiring about the availability of Deshaun Watson. Like, it, you have a guy who's uber talented, yet under the microscope for off-the-field reasons in Watson, and a guy who is, in most cases at least by the eye test, not as talented, but who the Dolphins still have faith in. And there will be questions about that all season. We'll see how it goes. Um, I think that's it in terms of stories we wanted to cover today. I I guess we can talk a little bit of college football as well. Um, I I will say my win of the weekend, and we didn't mention this on the air in episode zero, but Mackenzie Milton was that story was great. I am so sad that he, he, he didn't win. You were going to cry like his mom did. (laughs) They had to leave the woman alone after like the third time they panned the camera to her though. But it was a great story. I didn't know it until like I had to look it up. I didn't, I may have heard it when it first happened, like how bad his injury was but I haven't heard anything since. So when they were like, Oh, what a comeback for him. He's worked so hard for this moment. Everyone's cheering him on. I was like, why? Like what's going. Cause obviously they don't say that just to say this. So when I looked it up, I was like, this is an amazing story. Like now I'm rooting for this guy. Like I want them to win. Even though they did it. <laughs> Otherwise the new uh, AP top 25 came out and plenty of shifting all the way around. You have teams like UCLA, uh, finding their way into the rankings all the way up to 16 after an absolute shellacking of 
LSU, other teams that weren't ranked, Virginia Tech, Ole Miss, and Auburn all make their first appearance in the top 25 of this year. Penn State and Iowa had big jumps after a couple of road wins, Iowa beating Indiana, Penn State beating Wisconsin at Camp Randall. And just having fans at these stadiums is great. Actually, Iowa was at home because they had their uh, their wave to the hospital right across uh, the way. I've actually been in that stadium, not during a game, but we practiced there uh, my junior, sophomore year of college um, because we were on a long bus trip and it was empty. They let us practice there and we got to see the hospital from where it was. We waved up there and people were looking at us like, yeah, who are these guys in blue and orange that are waving at us? Those are definitely not the Hawkeyes. Um, great stadium though. And I can only imagine what it was like with fans back there for the first time, being able to take part in that tradition. You have Wisconsin's jump around. I saw a bunch of social media stuff about that. And just like everything that comes with the atmosphere of college football, it was great to see it back. Oh yeah. No, I, and it may have played Kent state as their first home game, but you would have thought it was like Alabama or Auburn. That's the beauty of college football, especially college station not knocking any other college but like they showed out for like not even I don't even think this team is a FBS school or I, don't I know believe Kent State are. is an FBS school let's not sell them short Tawny come on now I'm sorry the but, golden okay. flashes are an FBS school they're not Presbyterian whatever either way like great atmosphere you could just tell people just wanted to go to a game everywhere at like at Alabama, at Auburn, at AM, even at UT, even though I don't like them. Like, and they're always ranked higher, even though they shouldn't be. <laughs> Speaking of UT, another big mover up six spots to 15, Coastal Carolina. This up five spots from 22 to 17 in the AP poll. Listen, listen. <laughs> like, UT could be the worst college football team on the planet and they will move up 10 points in the AP poll. I never understand it yet. They, they lose, won like, Tawny yet. They okay. Whatever. And like <laughs> yet like they lose like five. If games you win and people ahead of you lose, you move up. That's how rankings but no, work. My point is then they'll lose like five games in a row yet. Won't get kicked out of the top 25. They're somehow still in like the top, like 20. I'm like, this makes no sense. Texas no. beat a ranked team last week. They beat Louisiana by 20. Good for them. They, they play point, Arkansas this ask, upcoming ask week. Any, don't ask a UT person because they're going to be like, oh, no. We I'm not that. asking a UT person. I'm looking at what they did. They beat a team ranked in the top 25 preseason by 20 points. Okay. That is something. My point is watch them lose like two, three, four games in a row, and they'll still be ranked. That Their is first, my point. Their first real test is going to come in the second weekend of October. They take on Oklahoma, who's ranked fourth oh, right now. I By that time, be. you would expect Spencer Rattler to be able to pick up the slack. The only other team that's ranked right now on their schedule is Iowa State at nine. And you got to think that Iowa State, well, I actually don't know what their schedule looks like at this point, but Iowa State with Brock Purdy, they have they have a rough road as well, though not until they – they get to Texas later this season, Oklahoma as well. Big 12, though. Mm-hmm. Not a great football conference. Texas takes on Arkansas, Rice, Texas Tech, TCU, their next four. Um, not necessarily cupcakes, but not necessarily the highest level of competition either. I mean, look, when AM left the Big 12, 
in like what 20 and Missouri and Missouri okay Missouri was legit in the big 12 Arkansas left around the same time too I think or were they in the SEC uh to begin with I think they were in the SEC to begin with but when A&M left for the SEC I want to say in like 2011 no it was tw- in 20 it was 2011-2012 because yeah, Missouri that left was around the, the same time yeah that was when Johnny Manziel was his first year um we i say we like i went to this school AM got so much for it from ut mostly ut fans obviously like it's a rivalry but they're saying like you're selling out like you just want to like get more money you are like betraying like years of history and just like, casually goes and beats alabama that yeah year. <laughs> well, thank god we beat them that one year otherwise, <laughs> like, oh my god we have not beat them since um but it's like it's fine like that's the rivalry they're gonna say something about it anyone's gonna say something about it but like here we are like what nine years later the same school that gave us for it is like yeah we want to hop on this train now too along with our red river rivalry opponent as well which look it makes sense for a school like to want to go to the sec who doesn't want it? it's like the best like the best football conference in college you get a lot of money out of it and you get a lot of tv time as well i don't know what's going to happen to that disgrace that we call the longhorn network but it, yeah the longhorn it's, network. it's just hypocrisy at its finest yeah uh, other big movers by the way uh though of the negative variety wisconsin with that loss at home to penn state albeit very close dropped six spots to 18 north carolina absolutely laid an egg down from number 10 to number 24 on uh, Miami as well, though we expected them to get beat by Alabama. Not that badly, especially with the freshman quarterback at the range for Alabama and like a sixth year senior for Miami and De'Ara King next three up in the rankings, by the way, TCU, North Carolina state and central Florida. So college football alive and well, we'll pick a couple of college games coming up later in this edition of the TB21 podcast. Before we do that, though, we're going to go ahead and pick some NFL games, and by some, I mean all of them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. In order, uh, really, is how we're going to do this. And it all starts, of course, tomorrow. The Cowboys, the Buccaneers, opening night of the NFL season. The Bucs raise their second banner. Tom Brady, this is kind of like a a normal thing for him. Probably be like, all right, let's get over with. Let's just get this banner up, fire the cannons, and go play a football game. Because the Buccaneers have been telling people, yeah, we're like miles ahead of where we were last year at this time with a training camp and Brady having played in preseason. Didn't play much, but Tom Brady doesn't need much to get back into the groove. And I think they're favored by like nine points against the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't have Zach Martin, uh, among a few other starters. I don't know if they're starters or not that are on the COVID list too. But uh, I have the Buccaneers winning this in a shootout because there's literally no defense in week one, especially on a thir- the Thursday night game in week one. There will be no defense I mean, in this game and Tampa Bay will win. I mean, look, I want to be wrong with this pick because I know that Tampa is going to win. Like, I'm picking them because I'm smart, not because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I want to be wrong. I need the Cowboys to prove me wrong. 
and for like the small amount of Cowboys fans who are my friends to be like, see, this is what happens when you don't have faith in your team. Like, I want that to happen, but I'm just going to go with Tampa because that's the smarter move. Yeah. Um, Tampa is loaded to go to another Super Bowl, mm-hmm. barring again injuries. And they were an extremely healthy team at the end of the year last year. Mm-mm. Toward in the middle of the year, in the beginning, there were guys that were hurt for like a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there. And then they all just came back for the playoffs and they were a monster of a team to have to try and go up against and beat. So uh, Dallas's offense, very good. I don't know how well the Bibble run the ball without their best offensive lineman, but uh, you never know. Maybe Tyron Smith can last like, you know, three or four games this year instead of one or two. Uh, the same said for Lyle Collins, who will also start in that matchup if i am remembering that correctly moving on to sunday's games though and those are the ones we can't wait for because the we will have nfl football for the next like 22 sundays and that is just the best time of the year honestly it really is you got nfl football uh like three days out of the week and then you got college football on saturday you have the NBA coming up in October, so that'll mm-hmm. start up, even though not many people watch the regular season. The NHL will start up again. Baseball will be winding down. That's the baseball everybody wants to watch. And my also World Cup qualifiers, of which there's one tonight as well. Go USA. Trying to get their first win of qualifying against Honduras. They really need it. Like, um, I, don't watch, I don't watch soccer or football unless it's like the world cup so i need them and that's because the u.s is in it most of the time so i need them to get in uh, i don't know what the line is on that game but i'll just be watching for enjoyment tonight uh okay. sunday's games though we'll start with the big headliner and it's is that patriots and dolphins matchup in new england bill belichick great against rookie quarterbacks at, in terms of second year quarterbacks i don't know what the record is against that but i actually have miami beating new england in new england um i think mac jones's first real start against a real defense like when they played philadelphia philadelphia didn't play like any of their starters i'm pretty sure i'm not sure how many starters any team played against the patriots and they played all of theirs um belichick is an old school coach the offense won't have any rust i guess but it'll be the first time that mac jones goes into an nfl game against the ones and it's against a division rival who is on the rise and was a play away from making the playoffs last year. I have Miami winning a close one. I have Miami too, only because, like you said, Mac Jones, this is going to be his first real game where the defense is on 100% or at least as close as they'll be to 100%. So he will probably, in my opinion, stumble a little bit. That's nothing against him, but he's still playing at a college level and he's trying to get used to the NFL level. So they'll stumble, and I'm two is already like, has a year under his belt, so he'll have that over Mac Jones. I'm just going to put Miami. And keep in mind, it's going to be a close game, so oh, Mac no, Jones no. could perform well and still lose this game because the Dolphins just play better than the Patriots do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, defensive battle, to be sure. Uh, this next game probably won't be because uh, it's the Battle of the Birds. Atlanta hosting Philadelphia. Um, you get to see Kyle Pitts in a full game for the first time, along with Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. You get to see Jalen Hurts throwing to Devontae Smith and those young receivers for Philadelphia. Hopefully a lot of offense in this game. Uh, I'm going to say Philly wins close. Uh, The offensive line is back healthy. Brandon Brooks back healthy. Uh, Jordan Maialata getting his first chance to be like the tried and true number one left tackle. I'll be watching him. And 
I think they'd be able to run the ball. Jalen Hurts is a complete dual threat. He looked impressive when he was throwing it in the preseason. Uh, And Matt Ryan's no slouch. But the Falcons defense couldn't stop a nosebleed last year, as we saw time and time again. And I think the Eagles offense does just enough to win. And again, a very close game. I agree. I'm going to go with the Eagles, not because of you, but (laughs) because... Obviously not because of me. No. Mm -mm. No, I just think the combination of Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith will just be on fire. like, And it'll continue to build throughout the season. Because did they... They didn't play together at all. When they did they not. Um, Hertz had that weird stomach virus in week two of the preseason. And then the, that the torrential downpour kind of had both coaches thinking, okay, we were going to play our starters today, but they've warmed up and now they're cold again. We don't want to risk them getting hurt, warming up a second time from the Eagles and Jets. So um, Jalen Hurts only really got two series of preseason work, though he practiced in all of the joint practices. And from what I heard, practice pretty well. Well, yeah, I'm just them. And for, again, my friend Emma, she got excited when I told her I mentioned her in episode zero. So I got to mention her again. Is a major <laughs> Eagles fan. So I'm just going to give her this one for week one. We'll see how you say it about in week two. Oh, yeah, no, week two will be completely uh, yeah. different. <laughs> Next on the ledger, um, my pick for most valuable player this year and the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, leading the Bills into what I think is their next step forward. They made it to the AFC Championship last season. They want to try and win the conference outright this season. Um, they're taking on Pittsburgh, a team who is trying to refine their identity. Najee Harris, their number one overall pick, is going to be a focal point because you don't want Big Ben just tossing the rock around 45, 50 times a game. Um, I have Buffalo winning close. The offense won't be what it was to end last year, but that Allen to Stephon Diggs connection, plus the addition of Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley still being Cole Beasley, uh, should push the Bills over the top. Again, I agree. Maddie will probably hate me. It has nothing to do with her, but sorry, Maddie. It, sorry, Maddie. But yeah, I think the Bills are just gonna have an amazing season. I think they might go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they were my pick, but um, they will get pretty far because they're they're pretty much still. I would say they're still upset from last the last game that they played. So they're gonna come come in swinging. They're gonna beat everyone in their path. So yeah. Sorry, Maddie. I love you. <laughs> Don't hate me. I care. One, one o'clock window is actually kind of like fraught with semi good games, but then there are some really bad ones as well. Uh, this is kind of a snoozer, if I'm being honest with you. Cincinnati at Minnesota or hosting Minnesota. Um, Joe Burrow back off of injury with the receiver who, as of yet, hasn't really shown much, even though it was the fifth overall pick. Uh, though I do have Cincinnati winning this game against Minnesota. Uh, Mike Zimmer's defenses have slowly started to regress. I guess you could say they haven't looked as good as he would want them to be. And Joe Burrow, I think that in this game, especially at home, he'll find his footing again and he'll build a little bit of confidence on that surgically repaired knee. And Jamar Chase will be serviceable and build his confidence as well. I have it a low scoring affair, Cincinnati beating Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota beating Cincinnati. I don't, I just don't think Cincinnati has it in them 
to win. Then again, I do not pay attention to Cincinnati at all, as does the rest of the country outside of Cincinnati itself. So I'm just going to go with Minnesota on this one. Kellen Mond's on the team. I don't think he's going to play, but we'll see how this season goes. Go Minnesota for this one game. We'll see how Dalvin Cook performs with a revamped Bengals defensive line as well. Larry Ogunjobi comes in from the Browns. Trey Hendrickson from the Saints in free agency. They, they got pieces on that D-line. If they can stop Dalvin Cook, they can stop the Vikings. Uh, this next game, Detroit hosting San Francisco. They're in a dome. Jimmy Garoppolo performs very well in a dome. I think he will perform very well. Trey Lance will probably see a cameo from him, a package of plays. But I also think this game gets out of hand and Trey Lance gets actual game action under his belt. I think it's a blowout. San Francisco dominates Detroit in Jared Goff's Lions debut. I agree. Poor Detroit, man. Like They are just cursed beyond cursed for them. Like, haven't they ever had a successful season in the past? Like they did. I think Jim Caldwell took them to the playoffs when uh, recently, like in the 2010s. Okay. I was going to say in the past decade, I'm not a Detroit fan. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Adam Clapp. Uh <laughs> All right. We have a lot of friends. Who have- <laughs> <laughs> is Tara Aria a Niners fan, by the way? I think she is. Yes. Well, Tara, Tara. congratulations. Your team's going one to know. Yeah. They are. Go Tara. <laughs> if she's not then like that's basically her home team so yeah yeah uh next up a uh, very interesting game actually tennessee a team that has had success made it to the playoffs again looking to take that next step added weapons on the offensive side julio jones most notably against arizona a team who with a coaching staff who is very desperate to make it to the playoffs in what is probably the hardest and most competitive division in all of football in the nfc west they don't get off to a good start here. Close loss. I have Tennessee winning, and it's because the running game is super effective early on. The Cardinals' defense isn't built to stop the run, at least in my opinion, even with the addition of J.J. Watt. It's it's Derrick Henry grinding out the clock for the Titans because he is option 1A, 1B, 1C, and option 2 and 3 as well uh, for Ryan Tannehill. All respect to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I don't think they're going to need him in this game. I think Derrick Henry just pounds the rock and runs the clock Derrick out. Henry is gonna, Derrick Henry is going to run everybody over, honestly, <laughs> figuratively and literally. Like that man, oh, God, that man. Ryan Tannehill, he is talented in his own right. He will probably get a few good throws in, but Derrick Henry is just going to make this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I just don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close solely because Kyler Murray can absolutely make plays and he's got weapons still. Christian Kirk is a viable option. AJ Green, when healthy, can be a viable option as well, among others. Uh, Indianapolis hosting Seattle. And this should be the start of the next Let Russ Cook album. Um, I have them winning this game against Indianapolis, even though I have Indy as the number one seed in the AFC. Carson wins his first game with a new team after missing a lot of camp, it, he's going to be rusty. And that's why I think they're going to struggle a bit to start out. Uh, I have Seattle winning handily. Um, mm-hmm. Both of us picking Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game, Washington football game, LA Chargers, Justin Herbert, year two. I think he's going to be even better than he was last year. I really do. And I think they win close at Washington solely because Washington's defense is just that good as well. 
agree. I don't have anything. The Washington, I may have them. We we both have them winning. Um, the we AFC, both have them winning NFC the East, East, yeah. The least. But, yeah, I think this will be – oh, this might be a close game for me. I might just have huh, – I really don't know, actually. Maybe I'll just go Washington because why not? Oh, well, I already circled L.A. for you, so damn it. How dare you? Sorry. That's all right. I circled Washington now and scratched that out. Uh, Carolina, Sam Darnold, the revenge tour against the Jets makes its first stop of once every four years, I guess. Um, I think he is going to destroy the Jets. All respect to Zach Wilson and all respect to Tony Romo saying Zach Wilson is going to be a top five quarterback in the next three years. It's his first like regular season NFL game. And Sam Darnold is at this point in his career more experienced and will not be seeing ghosts of his former teammates coming at him. He will be seeing Zach Wilson learn what ghosts look like when he's getting sacked a bunch because the Jets O-line is still not very good. I have Carolina winning by, well, handily, by two touchdowns at least. Same. I was going to say, Zach Wilson looks like the poster boy for Vineyard Vines, but has nothing to do with his athletic ability. That's just something that popped in my head. Now on to everybody's must-watch of the weekend. Is it? Houston hosting Jacksonville. I was going to say, what (laughs) game is that? (laughs) Number one overall pick against Tyrod Taylor. And I don't have the number one overall pick winning. I have Houston going one and oh, Tyrod Taylor is not going to lose the game for Houston. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has more of a chance to lose the game for Jacksonville. Honestly, I was going to pick this as a tie because that would just be a hell of a way to start the opening like weekend for both of these teams. We're going to be drafting top five, but I, I think Houston pulls out a win on a late field goal and the Houston media is like, wow, maybe this team can do something before then losing the next 15 games to yeah, I was gonna say, then the week league. two through like 15 happens and there have to be like, well, next year. Um, I might just say Jacksonville only because I, th- I just think Trevor Lawrence will really pull out all the stops. So will Urban Meyer. So let's, let's just go with Jacksonville. Jacksonville Jesus you're bought in sure I'm not bought into it I'm just gonna be like let's let's just pick them Mm. well now the actual must watch from this weekend a rematch of the AFC divisional round from last year in which uh, the Cleveland Browns were robbed of a win courtesy of Daniel Sorensen's crown of the helmet and I am going to say the Browns win their first season opener in 16 seasons. I think they're going to beat Kansas city at Kansas city. I think they are, they have a better defense, at least at this point, albeit with new guys, I think it's going to be close and Cleveland's out for revenge. Cause they think that they were a play away from winning that game. And that play was a fumble out of the end zone where your guy got absolutely speared by another guy's helmet. So I'm taking Cleveland. I think I know who you're going to take though. I was going to say, like, I can't go against the Chiefs. You really can't. They're just, like, they're not perfect, obviously. But they're just so a well-rounded team. you got a great offense, great defense. The head coach just knows what he's, he's going to pull out every play for this. And just personally, I'm just going to go with Coach Reed and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 
A game that would be taking place in New Orleans, if not for Hurricane Ida, takes place in Jacksonville with the Jags out of town. Green Bay going to New Orleans, technically, but in Jacksonville. Aaron Rodgers' record in Florida, by the way, just the state of Florida, is not good. But I have the Packers winning because the Saints have a question mark at quarterback where Jameis Winston will keep both teams in the game. His first regular season game in a Saints uniform, Aaron Rodgers wanting to flip the proverbial bird to all of Packerland. I I feel like he's going to start with a bang and he won't start an MVP campaign, but he'll still start a very like good campaign where people will be like, wow. And the Packers don't want his input on everything. So yeah, I have the Packers winning. I have the Packers winning too. Cause Aaron, like I said yesterday, Aaron Rodgers is going to just come in this season and show green Bay, the front office, like what they're going to lose and what they're basically ignoring. So. Yeah. Uh, the giants host Denver. I'm not going to waste much time with this one. Daniel Jones turns the ball over too much. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't Teddy Bridgewater has Denver their first one of the season in a low scoring game. Yeah, I'll go with Denver. Not a Giants person at all. The Andy Dalton era in Chicago starts and possibly might end on Sunday night football. They take on uh, the Rams, whose defense uh, runs through Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and that's really all they need. Uh, I think the Bears will lose with a resounding thud, and Justin Fields will probably start week two. Uh, I have the Rams winning. I think we were talking about this yesterday. Like Andy Dalton's going to get his start because he was promised the starting position. QB one as in one game. Exactly. And they're going to lose this game and people are going to be like, we have Justin Fields, put him in. And bears will be like, Oh, okay. I guess. And yeah. <laughs> we'll turn the tide for the bears. Yes, we will. And then your Monday night game, the Las Vegas Raiders in the Death Star hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, always has a chip on his shoulder because everybody still thinks he's a running back. And they say this is the year we're going to figure Lamar Jackson out. By we, I mean every other team. Haven't they already figured out that he's going to run a lot? They just can't stop it. Like, Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Las Vegas isn't going to stop it. Baltimore is going to win handle it because Las Vegas is not good. They just cut a third round pick that never played it down for them. Like he was hurt his first year and they're like, Hey, Tanner Muse. Bye-bye. Uh, go find another home. And honestly, he'll probably be really good wherever he lands. Yeah. I'll go with Baltimore. That's because Lamar Jackson, everyone just criticizes him, but he's just amazing. And we got to remember that that's it. <laughs> yeah. Those are our game picks. We'll keep track of those throughout the season. We'll have a winner at the end. I don't know if we'll give each other anything if we win, but eh, who knows? Uh, finally, bragging rights. bragging rights. Yeah. Finally, before we close out episode one, we'll do our fantasy draft. Um, I would like the- everyone to know mine will completely be like, yeah, I like this guy. It won't be like, oh my God, his name sounds great, but it's not as like, educational as Brendan's okay? keep in mind Tawny Davis has never not just played fantasy been invited to a fantasy I've reason. never been first of all y'all last year never invited any of the girls so that was your own fault I was not the commissioner of said league that is on Matt Bajinski our okay. um, Matt Bajinski I and Maddie were like 
we could have been i'm not saying we would have added any value but like, it would have been fun honestly we could have had the 32 team fantasy league and seen how that went through um, exactly there was there was 32 of us right in the bdj department not sports wise but it was really just sports people that were doing it so probably like 20 team that would have been a hell of a league it would have been but oh, no <laughs> we'll see maybe next year we can start a bdj class of 21 fantasy league um I will give you the first pick. Let's just go ahead and start with quarterbacks uh, because there are only two of us. Yeah. Uh, Who's your first pick? Who's your first quarterback? Can I just go Patrick Mahomes? Yes, you can. Just write that down. Uh, I will take Tom Brady. I mean, great pick, but. (laughs) And we'll just do two quarterbacks. I do know that if you automatic pick your players, you're like a loser. Yeah. Well, we'll go two quarterbacks just so you have a sub for the bye. So uh, who is your QB2? Okay, let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Honestly, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. And I will take Josh Allen. Look at us. I know, right? Uh, next up, running backs. And we'll draft four each. Uh, your first pick. Let me look at that. You know what? I'm just going to go Aaron Jones because that's all. That's the top of my head right now. And I will take Derrick Henry. I will take the king. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> fine. Okay. I'll take Najee Harris. I will take Christian McCaffrey. Oh, God. <laughs> this is so much pressure on me. Under pressure. Um, let me go with my boy, Zeke. Let me take him. Let me have I some will, faith in this man. I will take Alvin Kamara. Okay. And then I have one more, right? Yes. Okay, I'll take um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I will go with division rival Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Moving on to now wide receiver. Four wide receivers, Tawny. Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm, his, his last name was long. <laughs> Um, let me look. Let me look. Who do I like? Who do I like? Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll do DK Metcalf. I am shocked that you did not pick Devontae Adams, so I will scoop him up right quick. I know, I saw, but I like DK Metcalf. If I scoop him up, you're like, eh, I'll take him. Why not? Yeah. Um, I'll do Tyreek Hill. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Chase Claypool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do Mike Evans. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, solely because I think Justin Fields starts in week two for the Bears, Allen Robinson will have a solid quarterback and puts up great numbers even without one. Uh, I'll take Allen Robinson. Okay. I don't know who I want. Wait. Um. I'll just take CD. All right, and then I'll go Jarvis Landry. Okay. Yeah. Next up, uh, two tight ends. Okay. Um, I'll take. Uh, Travis Kelsey. I will go George Kittle. 
two of like the widest men on NFL teams. Yes, yes, they are. Let's go, Rob. Good old Rob Gronkowski. And I will take the lone eagle on my team, Dallas Goddard. Okay. Uh, next up, two defense slash special teams. Okay. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just uh, take the Bucks defense, I guess. Damn, I was actually going to pick them. <laughs> uh, I will go with Indianapolis then for my first defensive pick. And we get two? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Steelers. I'll take Baltimore. And then yeah. finally, two kickers. You know, this was always so easy for me when What's His Face on the Cowboys was on. Our the greatest player. Dan <laughs> Bailey. Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey was a constant on Brendan Hodges' fantasy teams. Him and Jason Witten were always just like ridiculously good fantasy pickups. I would always draft them. He was when when your kicker's the best player on the team. That says something. But I love Dan Bailey. Not gonna pick him. I don't even think he plays. Yeah, I don't think he plays anymore either. Greg the leg. I'm not gonna go with him, but I just remember that's the name. I'll do Butker. I will take Justin Tucker. Okay. We get two? Yes. <laughs> I'm like looking through all these names like I know who these kickers are. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? Let's just go with Greg the leg. Why not? And I will take Jason Sanders. So now for those of you watching, listening, uh, the way we'll do this, we'll start one quarterback, a running back, two receivers, a tight end, a flex, which is like running back, wide receiver, tight end, your choice of those. One defense, one kicker, and we'll compile sport scores at the end of every week to see who won the week. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it for episode one. Yet yeah, the second episode of the TB21 podcast enjoy week one everybody uh hope you watch it and uh stay tuned for all the nice stuff we have coming whether it's social media when we finally get that set up or uh these actual episodes being released thursday afternoon uh tony any final words subscribe listen follow us like and subscribe like and subscribe apparently we have youtube we're we're, Uh, we're getting there uh By the this time is this be- is up, we will have YouTube and social media. This will media. be fun. I just think it's going to be a fun podcast, y'all. Yes. Anyway, that's Tony Davis. Uh, you can't see her on audio, but Tony Davis here. I'm Brendan Hodges. Thanks for listening to the TB21 podcast. We'll see you next week for episode two. Bye. Hey, guys. Brendan Hodges here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the TB21 podcast. If you liked what you heard, and by the way, if you got this far, kind of seems like you're liking it, then be sure to like and follow the podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram. We're at the TB21 pod for updates on new episodes, our favorite moments from NFL games, college games, 
as well as live discussions on and after primetime NFL games. Lastly, feel free to drop us a line with any questions you want us to answer about football in general, the NFL, college, XFL if that comes back, and we'll answer them in future episodes. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening, watching, wherever you found it, and we'll see you next week.